You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So we're continuing on with On This Day in History. Today is the day. It's the day that the Packers play the Minnesota Vikings. And it's, it's I believe, just based on, I haven't listened to him yet, but based on some of the titles in the upcoming episodes, this is the last day of hope. And if you listen to yesterday's On This Day in History, um, I was very negative. And then today I try to, because it's game day, put a little bit more of a positive spin on things. And, you know, we can do this. And it hasn't been all that bad. It's come down to a field goal here, a bad call there, whatever playing that whole routine and just kind of saying, look, it, it's, it's in there somewhere, the ability to win and to be a good team. So you get to hear my last last gasp of hope. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that it got real dark after this. Started talking about the draft a lot. Um, but you get to hear that. And then also uh, beyond that, I do just general picks, which might not be super interesting to some of you, but it is kind of a cool way to see where teams were at that time to kind of hear like this team was good or, or just, you know, you know, because it's it's just kind of funny. Because we know now how things ended, and we know now how things are in 2019. So being able to hear kind of what the general thought was midway through the season in 2018, I I think it's interesting. So anyways, uh, we'll take a break, and we'll give you that, and then the despair will start tomorrow. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So today we're going to try to stick with picks. I'm going to talk a little bit more extensively on the Packers game than the other games because it's the Packers game. But um, it is more or less just going to be about the picks. As always, Patreon... Uh, Facebook group, Packernet, NFLBigBoard.com. Links are in the description. If you're looking for Packers news, draft news, well, draft big board, or want to support the podcast, all the links are right below. Check it out. But I wanted to start out because I was a little bit negative yesterday. Not that I want to retract anything because everything I said is absolutely true. Um, But just try to look at things from maybe a little bit of a different light and take into account the negative. So even with the negative, I just want to look at a couple things. For example, 
Our record right now is not good. The fact that we cannot win on the road is not good. But with all this comes a certain kind of a narrative. And I'm just curious if the coin flips the other way, what the narrative would be. Because we've played some really close games. Whether or not we were playing as well as we would have liked to, winning and losing is ultimately what the narrative is about. Aaron Rodgers not looking his best or guys dropping passes or whatever the nonsense is doesn't really matter if we have a winning record right now. If we had the Bears record, nobody would really care. But for example, if we didn't have that terrible call against Clay Matthews against in, in Minnesota and we went on to win that game like we should have, we would have gone into the bye 4-2. and two. That's not bad. Coming out of the bye, look at that Rams game. Imagine coming out of the bye a 4-2 and two team going up against one of the premier teams in the NFL on the road and we kick one more field goal to have a 30-29 to 29 victory over the Rams in Los Angeles. What, what is the narrative then? The 4-2 and two Packers coming out of a bye are now 5-2 and two having just unseated the Rams. We then go on to lose to the Patriots, demolish the Dolphins, and then again, Seattle Seahawks, a three-point difference in that game. If we beat the Seahawks at that point, we're 7-3. and three. The fact of the matter is, with the exception of the San Francisco 49ers game, in every case where it's, well, the Bears game too, we've had some bad beats that didn't go in our favor. And the only reason I bring this up is to say that even with the lack of depth and, I guess, talent at wide receiver, even with the underutilization of our running back, even with the issues that Aaron Rodgers is having not exactly looking like Aaron Rodgers, even with the injuries, even with the, the complete lack of any edge presence whatsoever, even with the issues at safety, even with the lack of depth at cornerback, or at least lack of talented depth at cornerback, this is just a reality. A field goal here, a, 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 a non-call against the Vikings, and we are in very good position to win the division and make a push in the playoffs. And not, not only just because of our record, but the narrative. We were 4-2 and two going into our bye. We come out and we're 3-1 and one after our bye, having, beating, having beaten the Seahawks and the Rams. And this isn't just fairy tale stuff. I'm just saying we kick a field goal. Even if we forget the Seahawks because that was three, we would have needed at least four, fine. A field goal against the Rams and a non-call against the Vikings. Six and five isn't spectacular, but we're feeling a lot better about this Minnesota Vikings game. And the reality is it doesn't really change that much. Everything else essentially stays the same. I'm just talking about a couple little tweaks. Going into this Vikings game, I don't want the fans, but more importantly the team, to get up in their own head too much. We're not a good team. We can't win on the road. No, we happen to have lost. We're talking about coin flips. It's a freakish occurrence that we happen to have lost on the road and happen to have won at home. Despite the deficiencies, this team is more than capable of beating the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Even with lacking talent at wide receiver and a banged-up Jimmy Graham and an underutilized running back and a banged-up cornerback group, and a you know completely eradicated safety group. Even so, the ability is there. Let's talk specifics. The Minnesota Vikings, despite getting their flashy new running back back, despite getting their new you know, $60 billion quarterback, are still a team that cannot win unless the defense keeps teams under a certain 
point scoring total. To be specific, the team is now 5-0 and when opponents score 21 or less points. The team is 0-4-1 when opponents score 25 or more points. That isn't to say the Rams haven't on occasion, or excuse me, I just was reading the Rams, the Vikings on occasion haven't scored points and don't have the ability to score more than 25 because they have. But this comes down to their defense being able to keep our offense down to a, you know, mid-20 to low-20 range. The simple fact of the matter is that's up to us. That's up to the Green Bay Packers. They have more than enough ability with the talent they have on their team to run up 30 points on this team. Now, they haven't been able to do that very often because the team hasn't been clicking, but if they want to, they can score 30 points and get a win in Minneapolis, in Minnesota. So just like I said last week and the week before that and the week before that and every week going into a game, this is up to the Green Bay Packers whether or not they want to win. Maybe that wasn't exactly the case against the Rams and the Patriots, because to make the claim that everything's in front of them and all they have to do is just do their best and they'll win the game. But in this game, I believe that is the case. The Vikings' offense is nothing special whatsoever. They're averaging about 24 points a game. Now, granted, so are the Packers. It's closer to 25 if you round up, but it's like 24.1 Vikings, 24.7 Packers. But again, this is up to Green Bay. If they want to be a team that's actually going to make a push... They got to get back to being what the Packers are. The Packers are not a defensive team. The Vikings are. The Vikings can go around scoring 24, 25 points a game and having a shot. I mean, it, legitimately, they're actually their offense is actually scoring more points per game this year than last year. Doesn't feel like it, but they are. In the regular season last year, they were scoring 23.875 points a game. Well, we we could round up to 24 if we want and round the other one down and say that they're being consistent, but it's less. The difference is the defense was number one in points. They didn't let anybody score on them. This is what they are. This is what the Vikings are. The Packers are not being what they are. We're an offensive football team, and we're either going to get back to that and start winning some games, meaning scoring 27, 28, 30, 34, 35-ish, doing that kind of stuff, or we can pack it in and uh, try again next year. That's how we're going to beat the Vikings. That's how we're going to beat the Cardinals and the Falcons and the Bears. We're going to do it by overcoming defenses with our offense and supplementing that with an above-average defense. We're not going to be the Vikings. We shouldn't want to be the Vikings because we have Aaron Rodgers. We have a better defense. We're going to keep getting more talent on that defense to improve the defense, but that is a compliment. We need to not get this idea that we need to just do a 180 and say, well, let's just start focusing on No, that's not our team. That's that's not our identity. Maybe one day, but um, no, that's not what we do. So this needs to be an offensive assault. This needs to be an attack. This needs to be aggressive. And, And McCarthy needs to understand that and convey that to the team before the game, during the game. We're going for it on fourth. We're going for two. We're, 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 our goal is to get the ball into our offense's hands and trusting it, not punting and saying we're going to trust our defense to win this game. That's not what we're going to do. Because if we're going to win this game, again, it's going to be at the hands of our offense, at the on, on the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, we should try to, to pull back on that a little bit. But again, similar to what I said yesterday, we, we need to be building around Aaron Rodgers because as much as we want to help him 
he is still the identity and the, the main engine of this franchise. So I'm going to pick the Packers to win just because it doesn't cost me anything, <laughs> more or less. Um, I didn't get my picks in, so I'm not even going to bother to go over to CBS and get it in because it's just a waste of time and I'm going to be embarrassed coming in last place. So I'll just take the L and come back next week. But, you know, I mean, it's 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 closer to a coin flip than I think everybody's given it credit for. It just doesn't feel that way because it's the Packers and they're not doing very well and the Vikings and they have a, a good defense that's getting better and it's on the road, which the Packers can't do, and it's in Minnesota, which is a tough place to play to uh to play but let, let, let's not get psyched out by this it's just a game it's a game with a a defense that is good but is not elite they're 11th in points right now they're not number one like they were last year they don't have top end talent at corner their linebackers are nothing special we have the ability to just take this team apart it's just a matter of going out and doing it and again similar to what i said yesterday we just have to be different we just have to be different than we have been. If we come out and we are different, we have a shot. If we come out and we're the same team, we don't. That's it. There's nothing else really to it. And I'm not going to sit and stress about it. I have my expectations and my understanding, and I'm going to sit back and watch and see how the, the Packers decide to attack the Vikings. And I think we're going to get a pretty good sense. Not you know, It's not while well, they you know they ran the ball once on that drive, so we're going to lose, or it was a three and out, so we're going to lose. I'm, j- I'm just saying, you kind of get an idea of, kind of big picture what's going on here you know if, if we're not changing our philosophy and our identity today we're not doing it the rest of the year meaning even if we find a way to squeak it out it's just it's to no avail we're going to have the same kinds of problems we're going to struggle we're going to struggle to beat easy teams we're going to struggle to beat the bears we're going to struggle to do anything in the playoffs if we can even get there so it's it, you know it, it's bigger picture than just win loss if they come out and they look like the exact same team that can't win this year against hardly anybody, we got our answer, and we understand what this year is about. And we understand that there's a very good chance that McCarthy will not be coaching here next year. So I do tend to think this will be a relatively close game. Uh, as I've said, both teams are, are very similar offensively. In fact, little interesting tidbit here. If you look at each team's highest scoring game, the Packers' highest scoring was 33 against the 49ers. The Minnesota Vikings' highest scoring game was 37 against the Jets. If we look at the second highest scoring for both teams, it was 31. Second highest or third highest for both teams was 29. Fourth was 27. Fifth was 24. Then 24. Then 23. Literally in that order, both teams have done that. Take away the top highest scoring game, and the next six games are exactly the same scores. They're very similar offensively. They've done similar things. They have the talent, but they sputter. They they have the ability, but they just can't seem to figure out how to make it work and, and keep it working consistently. It's actually sort of an NFC North staple at the moment. The Lions are the same thing, right? You know the talent is there, and you hear guys like Galladay, and it's like, oh man, you better watch out, and carry on Johnson, oh boy. And then you watch them play like they did against the Vikings, and it's like, this is garbage. The Bears are pretty much the same thing. Everybody gets all excited about Trubisky and some of these things, but it's just... Sometimes you watch and it's like, how does this team win games? They're just straight trash. So we, we have two teams right now that are finding ways to win, and those are two teams that are winning because their defense doesn't allow other teams to score. But the NFC North doesn't have a single offense between the four teams. Packers need to step up and find an offense. So anyways, that's where I'm leaving that game. It's not much of a prediction, um, mostly because if I was being honest, I would have made a different prediction. Because, I mean, you just call it what it is, man. It's 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 
there's nothing statistically that you can look at that's going to say the Packers are going to win this. There's there's no there's been no galvanizing moment. There's been no change of the guard. There's been no anything to really say that I think things are going to be different. The only thing that's changing is changing for the worse. We're we're losing guys like Mike Daniels. We lost Nick Perry for the year, which again isn't a big loss, but it just it's it's more of an emotional thing. Guys are just they're cashing it in, right? The year's over for certain guys. Uh, the 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 career is over for guys like Cobb and and certain guys like Matthews. You know, it's just this is it. It's it's over. We're we're again the GM is shipping people away. It's over. We're closing the door. The the feeling of the team right now does not feel like. And I'm not just talking the fan base or me or anything else. It's just the feeling of the way things are going with the losses and the players and the injuries. It's just it's going in a certain direction and it's not going in the same direction as the Saints. We're not buying up guys like Eli Apple to make a push. We're closing the door. So, um, I guess nominally I'm picking the Packers because, again, I don't have anything to lose and why not? But, I mean, it's, I don't know. We'll call it a coin flip, I guess, and leave it at that. The other thing, before I move on to the next games here, the other thing at this point moving forward, and again, I don't want to officially say I'm giving up on the season. We have to see what happens today. But moving forward, regardless of what happens, something to keep an eye on are the guys that are moving on to next year. It would be interesting to see if we can get a guy like Kumaro a couple snaps. I honestly don't exactly know the situation there. As of right now, it's my understanding he is not playing, but he can at some point be activated. That would be good to see if he can be an asset for us. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Kyler Fackel can keep this up or if it's kind of a flukish thing where he had two three-sack games, which accounts for six of his eight sacks, meaning he just hasn't really done very much aside from having somebody's number. Um, you know, Marquez and EQ, kind of a big deal. Jamon, I wouldn't mind seeing him a little bit, you know, especially if the things kind of start to deteriorate. Let's get him out there, get him get him involved a little bit more. Um, just, just trying different things, getting people some more snaps that are going to be on the team long term and just kind of see if we can get them to, to step up a little bit. And again, it's, it's also good if the season does draw to a close to see who it is that rises to the occasion and who it is that just kind of cashes it in. Right. Haha was a guy that cashed it in less than a year later. He got shipped off. Right. Just because you're losing and aren't going to make the playoffs is not an excuse to say I'm not playing anymore. And the Packers made that statement very clear. Brian Gutekunst made that loud and clear. You will play every day you're on the field. If you don't, we see that and we will not give you a new contract. So there's still plenty to be observing. But at this point, it's kind of getting that way for me. It's more observational than it is rooting interest. But, you know, again, I'm, I'm, we're keeping it positive. Packers are going to win. Yay. Moving on. So the first game out of the gate that I want to discuss is the Eagles and the Giants. And this one should be about as cut and dry as, as, as anything. And the fact that we're midway through the season and I'm having hesitation pulling the lever for the Eagles is just beyond shocking. Um, fact of the matter is the Giants have found a way to win two in a row, which, yeah, it's the 49ers and the Bucks, so maybe we shouldn't be all that impressed, but, um, this team shouldn't be able to beat the 49ers or the Bucks. Furthermore, they put up 38 points on the Buccaneers. It wasn't a small thing. They put up 27 on the 49ers. This is, this is, this is also just coming out of their bye week. This is a team that only found a way to beat one team through eight weeks. They come out of their bye week they beat the 49ers 27-23. They beat the Bucks 38-30 or yeah, 38-35. Now this is a team that's pretty much cashed it in, but their offense is kind of hitting a bit of a stride here. The Eagles, on the other hand, um, 
the, the, only one time have they scored in the 30s, and that was the last time they played the Giants. They scored 34 points, and the Giants only scored 13. Outside of that game, 24 is the highest point total they've been able to put up. That's pathetic. The biggest question mark I had about this game is what's going to happen now that they don't have any corners left. The the injury to, I forget his name, not going to bother looking it up, but that, that pretty much eradicated any last corner that they had that had any ability to stop anybody. This is a team, the Giants, with a veteran quarterback despite his issues, with Odell Beckham, with Evan Ingram, with Saquon Barkley, going up against a team that is just being embarrassed, that has no ability to score, and that has a defense that's being decimated. Defense was sort of the calling card. Right now they're 12th in points. Furthermore, as good as their defense may have been earlier on, 12, 27, 16, 26, 23, 13, 21, 18, nothing too crazy, the last two weeks have been 27, 48. Now the 48 came against the Saints, but it's not like they haven't put up good defensive performances against good offenses. The Atlanta Falcons scored 12. The Colts scored 16. It's just the fact that it's a team that hasn't really been good all year whose arrow is pointing straight down going up against a team that's been terrible for two years but who has an arrow pointing straight up. And I don't think it's going to take the Giants much more than 25 to 30 points to win this game and and it's just really that comes down to can Eli be not horrible? They have the weapons. They have the ability to get it done. Will they? They they can take him out. It's in Philly. I I, I just well I I guess who cares at this point? <laughs> I'll I'll leave it up to you to interpret that as you see fit. Um, but I I think a lot of people are going to pick the Eagles because it's the Eagles and not pick the Giants because it's the Giants. But I'm just saying I'm looking at a little bit more recent history and, and, and understanding that the Eagles just came off one of the worst throttlings in NFL history, getting absolutely embarrassed. The the previous Super Bowl champions just got absolutely embarrassed by the Saints and, and ultimately are just embarrassed. This year. They know their season's over. And now they might lose. They might legitimately lose to one of the worst teams in the NFL, the New York Giants. But, but I mean, their, their season's pretty much over. They need five wins to get to nine total. I just don't see it. You beat the Giants, you beat the Redskins twice, which is iffy. You still got the Cowboys, the Rams, and the Texans. Got to win two of those three. Best of luck. And, and, and they know it. They just lost to the Cowboys. They lost to the Panthers. They lost to the Vikings and the Titans and the Buccaneers. It's just not a good football team right now. Ronald Darby is who I was thinking of, the cornerback that's on IR right now. Beyond that, Sidney Jones, their rookie, who has been underwhelming, is doubtful with a hamstring injury, and Jalen Mills is questionable, and uh, Razul Douglas and Avante Maddox are both questionable with knee injuries. So I I guess for the sake of making a pick, I'm just going to pick the Giants. It doesn't quite feel right, but again, it doesn't. it's not costing me anything, so I don't care. And it's it's more for you to just consider, I guess, if you haven't made your, made your picks yet. Just, just think it over a little bit. Next up, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Buffalo Bills. I just don't want to do this, man. I just don't. I have to pick one of these teams to win, and that's just ridiculous. So, I mean, neither of these teams are any good. I, I just, I have a really negative feeling about the Jag. Here, here's, here's the problem. If you look at their schedule, both teams have played relatively tough teams. So the, the Jaguars are on a, what, six-game losing streak, but they lost to the Steelers, they lost to the Colts. They lost to the Eagles, the Texans, the Cowboys, and the Chiefs. So, Eagles, not very good, I guess. 
That's embarrassing. But coming out of their bye, they lost to the Colts, and the Colts are kind of, they got their offense going. They only lost by three. They lost to the Steelers, who are a, are a pretty good team right now. They only lost by four. So I can cut them a little bit of slack. But similarly with the Bills, they beat the Jets and, and just absolutely annihilated them last week. But they lost to the Bears, the Patriots, the Colts, and the Texans before the game before that, which was beating the Titans, then losing to the Packers, beating the Vikings, losing to the Chargers and the Ravens. I mean, they haven't lost to a bad team this year. Depends who you think a bad team is, but I would say the Jets are maybe really the only bad team they've played. Maybe the Titans and they beat them. Ravens aren't garbage. Chargers are good. Packers are not great. Texans cold. I mean, it's just, it's, it's tough. On the other hand, the Jaguars team is more talented. They have a more talented defense. I think they have a more talented offense, depending on what their quarterback feels like doing. But it's not like the Bills have a good quarterback situation. So it, it everything feels to me like the Buffalo Bills are going to win. However, I am going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. As bad as their offense is, it's not as bad as the Bills' offense. And it's going up against a subpar Buffalo Bills defense. The Buffalo Bills' 32nd ranked offense has to go up against a top 10 defense. I mean, it, it's just, I, I can't go against those numbers. As much as I want to pick the Bills, I, I can't. So I'm going to give the Jaguars their first win in a very long time. Moving on to the Panthers and the Seahawks. This one I, I kind of highlighted on the schedule as one to pay attention to. It's a pretty important game. Um, if I had to pick a rooting interest, I would say that I want the Seahawks to win. Um, just briefly going through it, the Panthers currently have six wins. If they beat the Seahawks, the Buccaneers, the Browns, and the Falcons, which is very likely, that gives them ten. If they lose to the Seahawks, those same games give them nine wins. The only other two games they have are both against the Saints, and I'm going to assume they lose both of those. So if the Panthers lose, I would say at best they're going to have nine wins, which is good for us because, again, if we end up with nine wins, we have that one tie that puts us ahead of them. And if we win out, we have ten, and it doesn't matter anyways. But we want as many of these wild card vying teams to have nine wins as possible. Giving the Seahawks the win just puts them at six. From there, they have the 49ers would be seven. The 49ers, again, would be eight. The Cardinals would be nine. The only other two games they have are the Chiefs and the Vikings, and it's very likely they lose both of those games. They could beat Minnesota in Seattle. That would make them a 10-win team, but I just think the path to them both being nine-win teams is much more realistic with the Seahawks winning, but then losing to the Vikings and the Chiefs. If the Panthers win, they would have seven. And that means they would need to lose to either the Buccaneers, the Browns, or the Falcons. And I really don't see that happening. That gives them a, a pretty easy shot at 10 wins. Not a guarantee. Two of these are divisional opponents. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have played spoiler before. The Browns have that ability to get them into, into, into overtime and possibly kick that field goal for the win. And, of course, the Falcons have some ability themselves. But um, my preference here would be to pick the Seattle Seahawks. Question is, who's going to win? Well, it's not in Seattle, which is unfortunate for all of us, because they're on the West Coast. That's a little bit of a travel. They did play Thursday, so they've had a little bit more of an extended week. But to sum it up, I do think the Seattle Seahawks are going to win. I do think they're a little bit of a better team right now. They're a team, as I've said, you know, traditionally they start off a little weak and then they get stronger. I do think that's been happening. You look at the Panthers, and they've, they're on a two-game losing streak. They lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is understandable, but it was 52-21. to then they lost to the Detroit Lions, which is just inexcusable. So they got annihilated. Then they lost to the Lions. The week before that, they won, but that was the 49ers. The week before that was the Ravens, which meh. The week before that was the Eagles, meh. 
Then they lost to the Redskins. They beat the Giants. Meh. Beat the Bengals. Meh. Lost to the Falcons. Beat the Cowboys. And Week 1 Cowboys were just not good. They don't really have an impressive win this year. Seattle, on the other hand, is 2-2 is two and two coming out of their bye. Their only two losses were to the Rams and Chargers. Very understandable losses. And they played the Rams close twice. They annihilated the Detroit Lions. They, they beat the Packers. They annihilated the Raiders. They played the Rams close, like I said. So I, I, I just think they're a better team. They, they have a better defense. They have a better offense. Well, they don't have a better offense, statistically, points-wise. But the Panthers are 10th in points, going up against 8th in points defense of the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks is ranked, are ranked 14th, and the uh, Panthers' defense is ranked 20th. So I'm going to give a slight edge to the Seahawks in this game, which is a good thing. And again, the bigger issue here is rooting interest. And in my opinion, I want the Seattle Seahawks to win because I want both of them to end with nine wins. That gives us just a little bit more hope. You know, obviously, if we lose this week, we're in a lot of trouble. But if we win and then possibly lose to the Bears, we're going to get in because teams like this end up with nine wins. Next is Raiders-Ravens. I mean, I suppose I could drag it out and say, well, they beat the Cardinals, so they're on a one-game winning streak, and then, you know, the Ravens are kind of in a little bit of a slide, but, you know, it, it, the the Ravens are going to win. I mean, it's in Baltimore. The Raiders are a joke. The, the, the Arizona Cardinals, they beat by two points, and it's the Arizona Cardinals. So, I got the Ravens. End of story. Next up, 49ers-Buccaneers, another game I just don't want to have to care about. Well, I don't, but I don't even want to have to talk about it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on a four-game losing slide, including losing to the Giants. Uh, The last game they won was Week 7 to the Cleveland Browns in overtime. Prior to that, their only two wins came in Weeks 1 and 2. 49ers have only won two games. Once was to the Oakland Raiders, which was won handily, but who cares? The other was to the Detroit Lions in Week 2. These two teams are garbage. The other thing is, Tampa Bay has a weird ability to rack up a lot of points in certain times, right? 35 last week against the Giants, 28 against the Panthers, 34 against the Bengals, 29 Falcons, 26 Browns, 27 Steelers, 27 Eagles, 48 Saints. However, worst defense in the NFL. So I'm actually going to go ahead and pick the 49ers. This is another one where everything in me is telling me to pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've got flash and pizzazz, and they can put up points, but... I just think this whole quarterback carousel thing is beyond a joke. I think the team is a joke. I I think everything about them is just a complete joke. And I think when you're on a team that is a joke and going through something like that, you don't feel very good. You don't have a lot of hope. They're sticking with Jameis, and I don't think Jameis should be a franchise quarterback for anybody. The 49ers aren't good, but they have something to be hopeful for, and that is next year. They get their quarterback back. They get their running back back. They have some hope. Then again, they just had their linebacker Reuben Foster get arrested again because he's just he's a uh, um not very intelligent person I guess has a lot of a lot of stress in his life and needs to go around and get himself in trouble I guess but I just see an opportunity here for example the San Francisco 49ers just you know the last two games 23 points and then 34 points against the Raiders they have the ability to score some points when they want to they're going up against the worst defense in the NFL I could see them getting 30 plus points in this game and uh, although Tampa can hang with that I'm just going to bet on them not being able to do it I'm going to give this one to the 49ers Bengals and Browns this one um this one intrigues me a little bit more never really been a big uh, AFC North fan I mean, Steelers are kind of intriguing, but every other team just annoyed me that they exist. It's kind of like the AFC. AFC in general, I just don't like, but AFC South, AFC North, it's like, ugh, 
Who wants to watch Bengals Browns? Ugh. However, Browns are kind of exciting these days. And part of it is because I'm kind of immersed in the draft and there's, you know, pretty much the Super Bowl champions of the draft every year have been the Browns. That is the Browns Super Bowl. It's The Browns are like the Patriots of the draft. So, you know, you get immersed in it, you see all these players, and you just, you want to believe that these guys are really going to be able to build something. And you're kind of seeing them turn a corner a little bit. They're not good. But, I mean, you want to talk about flipping a coin. They went into overtime th- four times this year and only won one of them. They had the opportunity to win three additional games. They lost to the Saints, but shouldn't have. Very, very close game. I mean, they, they legitimately could have started the season 5-0. and Then they got smoked by the Chargers, and then they went to overtime again and lost. Could have been 6-1. and Got smoked by the Steelers, got smoked by the Chiefs, 6-3. and And they just beat the Falcons. They could be 7-3. and Now, coulda, woulda, shoulda, whatever. They didn't win. Part of being a good football team is winning in clutch situations. They're not that team, just like the Packers seemingly aren't that team. But still, they're, they're an exciting team to watch. They've got some flashy players. Their running back is just emerging. You know, Pro Football Focus is number one running back right now as far as grades go. Um, I really do like their quarterback. I, I liked watching him in college. I wanted very desperately to say he was my favorite, but I gave that title to Rosen because Rosen was talented but safe, and I felt like Baker Mayfield was just my favorite to watch but just was... He worried me, right? Some people just said he wasn't going to be good. He had this Johnny Manziel moniker hanging over his head. But in terms of just watching somebody play and and tra- having to pick... <laughs> that would be my son. And having to pick my jaw up off the floor, that was Baker Mayfield. So I'm... I'm, I'm I don't want to say I'm excited for another football team, but as an, as an NFL observer, which is what I somewhat have to be, I like the Browns. That said, I can't say that about the Bengals. <laughs> I think there was maybe a time when I was kind of liking them, you know, when the the A.J. Green thing was new. They were getting into the playoffs every year. They kind of had that offense that was just somewhat impressive. Now it's just, it's tired, man. It's, it's, it's similar. It's, I mean, AFC North is very uniform in that regard. I mean, the Browns are new, which is why they're exciting. But, I mean, the the Baltimore Ravens, they've had the same quarterback, a lot of the same old players, the same coach, the the uh, the Bengals, they've had the same coach, the same quarterback, the same elite wide receiver, top-tier wide receiver, the same players. Steelers, same head coach, same quarterback, same coach, same everything. It's just, it's it's old, and none of them emerge, never, none of them do anything. There's always one that has promise, but, but nothing ever changes. Just boring over there. It's time to shake it up, man. Any, anyways, with all that being said, I am going to go with the Bengals, or the, excuse me, I'm going to go with the Browns. Um, it's really a coin flip in my mind. The, the Bengals' defense is absolutely abhorrent. They are on the verge of, of losing their head coach. Their head coach is well aware of that. So it's another situation where it's a team that's kind of realizing the door is closing. They're in teardown mode. The Browns are in build-up mode. Now, the Bengals did, you know what, you know what, I don't, let me, I'm just going to change it because I was going to put in one more footnote, but... It's such a nonsense thing. The Bengals hired the Browns head coach, and as inept as I think he tends to be, he does still know the inner workings well enough. They basically purchased him for so that they can get two more wins on the season, and I'm just going to say they're going to be able to do it. I am going to change my mind. It was a coin flip, but the Bengals, with their espionage, um, I'm just going to give it to them. I think they, they paid for Intel to get two more wins, um, and I just... That's that's frustrating that they're doing that, but I think they're. I hope they don't. I, I hope it just blows up in their face and they paid a bunch of money to get this guy, and he can, 
he couldn't coach his team and he can't help another team coach to beat his ex-team because he doesn't even know his team, obviously. Look what that team was able to do. So I, I, I hope that by just removing that head coach, the Browns are better and then the Bengals just continue to slip and fall because I just don't like the Bengals and I don't like that they hired their ex-head coach or whatever. I think that was garbage. And for what? To, to beat the Browns? Like, you can't beat the Browns twice a year without hiring their head coach? That's just sad, man. You, everybody deserves to be fired just for doing that. So I'm, I want to go back just to spite them, but I'm just going to go with the Bengals. But you, let's just hope the Browns win. I'm hoping the Browns win. Next up, Patriots-Jets. Patriots are going to win. Next up, Chargers-Cardinals. Chargers are going to win. Next up, Broncos-Steelers. Let's talk about it. So I'd like to give the Broncos some credit, and I do think they're a relatively talented team, but I, I, I just think it's interesting how under the radar the Steelers have been. I, I was surprised to kind of dig into them a little bit and find out that they have a top 10 defense. They're, they're 10th in points against, they're 4th in, in points for. They're 6th in yards against, they're 5th in yards. They're also ranked 5th in first downs. Um, fourth in passing yards, seventh in net yards per attempt passing, second in net yards per attempt passing against, only allowing 5.6 yards per attempt passing. They're third in rushing touchdowns. I mean, it, this is a good team, man. You know, they they beat the Jaguars, which isn't all that impressive, but, you know, they put up 20 points on a really good defense. They put up 52 points on the Carolina Panthers, just annihilated them. They beat the Ravens, so, you know, they got these defensive battles. The Ravens have a real good defense. The Jaguars have a good defense, and they're able to not, not only just do enough, 20 points and 23 points leaves the door open for the Jaguars and the Ravens to win, but then you have that defense that came out of nowhere that's able to keep... T- Look at what they've done. 16 points for the Jaguars, 21 points for the Panthers, 16 points for the Ravens, 18 points for the Browns. So even when the offense isn't doing very much, 20 points against the Jaguars, 23 against the Ravens, only 28 against the Bengals, but their defense held them to 21. It's it's the defense that's swooping in and keeping it. So you, you have both going on. You have the offense who's able to get enough points against good defenses and absolutely obliterate mediocre to bad defenses. And then they have their defense who's able to keep other offenses points totals low so now we have the denver broncos who have a somewhat talented defense at least their front is somewhat talented but i don't think they have the ability to slow down this offense but even if they do even if we put them in the same category as the ravens or the jaguars they'll get their 25 points 28 points or so but i don't know how the broncos get to 20 so i i mean i i see this as like a i don't know 28 to 18 kind of game and i see pittsburgh winning i i I don't think it's that hard to figure out. I just thought it was kind of interesting. Nobody's talking about the Steelers as having an outside shot of winning. I think they do. If they can keep this up, if they can be a team that has an offense and a defense, they're one of the only ones in the NFL right now. Who else has that? Who who has a top offense and a top defense? The Saints don't have that good of a defense. The Chiefs don't have a good defense. The Rams don't have a good defense. I mean, who? The Bears, maybe? Their offense isn't nearly as good as the Steelers. So, I mean, right now they're 7-2. and two. Uh, Looking forward, they're going to beat the Broncos. Chargers should be a good game. They're going to annihilate the Raiders. Patriots could be a good game. Saints will be a tough game. Bengals, they should be able to win. So they got some tough games ahead, but I think they're going to win the division. And depending on what they do, I mean, you might start to hear this narrative change soon. If they can beat the Chargers and or the Patriots and or the Saints, I mean, especially the Saints. Saints are on a war path right now. I mean, that, that I mean, <laughs> the... By the time week 16 rolls around and we're looking at Steelers-Saints, it could legitimately be a, a preview to the Super Bowl. 
and and Steelers Patriots could be a preview to the AFC Championship. I know the Chiefs are being disrespected right now, but I'm just saying it's something to definitely keep an eye on. It's very interesting, and I kind of feel there's a kinship between the Steelers and the Packers, right? It's like we're, we're kind of the same. We've always had these talented teams that have have something, but just never quite get there. And obviously, we met in the Super Bowl, so that was where our paths collided. Anyways, Steelers win. Keep an eye on the Steelers. Dolphins, Colts, I don't really want to drag out too much either. Uh, Colts are a pretty good football team right now. Their defense is, is better than expected. Their offense is kind of back into typical Andrew Luck offense form, and I still have no respect for the Dolphins, so Colts win that game. Packers-Vikings, we already talked about. The uh, Monday night game, Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. So the, the Texans are maybe a team you could say are another one to keep an eye on. I, I'm just I'm a little skeptical of their offense, but that's one area where they should be able to be better. They're, they're currently ranked 16th in points on offense. Uh, they haven't really had any, any door busters. They put up 37 on the Colts, 42 on the Dolphins. Otherwise, 23, 19, 20, 20, 19, 22, 17, 20. Those aren't good. Um, I'm, I'm skeptical because they have the worst offensive line in football. They, they have no run game whatsoever. Maybe their problem is that they're third in rushing attempts, but 25th in yards per attempt. I mean, they're, they're the opposite of the Packers. They don't have a run game. They refuse not to run all the time. I don't know if it's just they're terrified of getting their quarterback hurt under that garbage offensive line or what, but it's just, I, I, I'm just, I'm skeptical. With that said, it's, it's a pretty interesting game. You have the Houston Texans with a we'll call it mediocre offense, going up the, with the Tennessee Titans, who are the second best defense in football as far as points are concerned. However, the uh, Titans, the Matt LaFleur Titans, are 28th on offense. They have a terrible offense. Complete trash. Yeah, they put up 34 on the Patriots. That's cool. Yeah, I get it. Beat the Cowboys. That's cool. Um, they put up 19 on the Chargers, 0 on the Ravens, 12 on the Bills, 26 on the Eagles, 9 on the Jaguars, and then 20 and 20. I mean, you get it. Last week, 10 against the Colts. This is the number 28 offense going up against the Houston Texans' number 5 defense. Their defense is stout. If the Texans' offense was better, I would be talking about them having a chance in the playoffs, but their offense is just not good enough. The interesting question is, which of these two offenses is going to be able to overcome the other team's defense? Houston Texans run the ball a lot. If there's one thing the Tennessee Titans do well, it's stop the run. Tennessee Titans also run the ball a ton. They're also terrible at running the ball. Fourth in rushing attempts, 30th in yards per attempt. Just blows my mind. Texans are fourth in yards per attempt on defense. So both of these teams are just going to run into brick walls all day. The difference in my mind is that Tennessee's defense isn't as good at stopping the pass. The Houston Texans, when they decide to throw, are pretty good at it. They have Hopkins and just a, a bevy of weapons. So I see the Texans being able to do a little bit more than the Titans will, and I'm going to give the Texans their, geez, I don't know, how many wins do they have in a row now? It'll be their eighth win in a row. They went 0-3 and are on a seven-game win streak. Not super impressive wins. They won by two. Before that, they won by two. Um, two games before that. They won scoring 20. They win, you know, they're not super impressive wins, but wins are wins. And again, I think they're going to have the ability to do more than the Titans are going to have uh, the ability to do against the Texans. So there you have it. Anyways, if you couldn't tell, I'm going on no sleep whatsoever. So I'm going to go lay down. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Sunday. Go Pack Go. I will talk to you tomorrow to recap the game. Have a good one. Bye-bye.